Chapter 3 of A Honeymoon in Space. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Old Gold. A Honeymoon in Space by George Griffith. Chapter 3. After a couple of minutes of silence, which could be felt, Mrs. von Styler turned round and said angrily, Sadie! You will excuse me, perhaps, if I say that your conduct is not, I mean, has not been what I should have expected. What I did indeed expect from your uncle's niece, when I undertook to take you to Europe, I must say. If I were you, Mrs. Van, I don't think I'd say much more about that, because, you see, it's fixed and done. Of course, Lord Redgrave's only an earl, and the other is a marquis, but you see, he's a man and I don't quite think the other one is, and that's about all there is to it. The host had just left the deck saloon, taking the early coffee apparatus with him, and Miss Zadie, in the first flush of her pride and refound happiness, was taking a promenade of about twelve strides each way, while Mrs. von Styler, after partially relieving her feelings as above, had seated herself stiffly in her wicker chair, and was following her with eyes which were critical and, if they had been twenty years younger, might also have been envious. Well, at least I suppose I must congratulate you on your ability to accommodate yourself to most extraordinary circumstances. I must say that as far as that goes, I quite envy you. I feel as though I ought to choke or take poison or something of that sort. Sakes, Mrs. Van, please don't talk like that, said Zadie stopping in her walk just in front of her chaperon's chair. Can't you see that there's nothing extraordinary about the circumstances except this wonderful ship? I have told you how Pop and I met Lord Redgrave in our tour through the Canadian Rockies two or three years ago. No, it's two years and nine months next June. And how he took an interest in Pop's theories and ideas about this same ship that we are on now. Oh, yes, said Mrs. von Styler rather acidly, and not only in the abstract ideas, but apparently in a certain concrete reality. Mrs. Van laughed, Zadie, with a cunning twist on her heel. I know you don't mean to be rude, but, well, now did anyone ever call you a concrete reality? Of course it's correct, just as a scientific definition. Perhaps, still, anyhow, I guess it's not much good going on about that. The facts are just this way. I consented to marry that by-fleet Marquis just out of sheer spite and blank ignorance. Lord Redgrave never actually asked me to marry him when we were in the Rockies, but he did say, when he went back to England, that as soon as he had realized my father's ideal, he would come over and try and realize one of his own. He was looking at me when he said it, and he looked a good deal more than he said. Then he went away, and poor Pop died. Of course I couldn't write and tell him, and I suppose he was too proud to write before he'd done what he undertook to do, and I, like most girl-fools in the same place would have done, thought that he'd given the whole thing up and just looked upon the trip as a sort of interlude in globetrotting, and thought no more about Pop's ideas and inventions than he did about his daughter. 
very natural of course said mrs von steiler somewhat mollified by the subdued passion which sadie had managed to put into her commonplace words and so as you thought he had forgotten you and was finding a wife in his own country and a possible husband came over from that same country with a coronet that'll do mrs von thank you interrupted miss sadie bringing her daintily shod foot down on the deck this time with an unmistakable thump we'll consider that incident closed if you please it was a miserable mean sordid business altogether i'm utterly hopelessly ashamed of it and myself too just to think that i could ever mrs von steiler cut short her indignant flow of words by a sudden uplifting of her eyelids and a swift turn of her head towards the companionway sadie stamped again this time more softly and walked away to have another look at the clouds why what on earth is the matter she exclaimed shrinking back from the glass wall there's nothing we are not anywhere pardon me miss rennick you are on board the astronef said lord redgrave as he reached the top of the companionway and the astronef is at present travelling at about a hundred and fifty miles an hour above the clouds towards washington that is why you don't see the clouds and sea as you did after we left the st louis at a speed like this they simply make a sort of grey-green blur we shall be in washington this evening i hope to-night sir i beg your pardon my lord gasped mrs van steiler a hundred and fifty miles an hour surely that's impossible my dear mrs van steiler said redgrave with a side look at zadie nowadays impossible is hardly an english or even an american word in fact since i have had the honour of realising some of professor rennick's ideas it has been relegated to the domain of mathematics not even he could make two and two more or less than four but well would you like to come into the conning tower and see for yourselves i can show you a few experiments that will at any rate help to pass the time between here and washington lord redgrave said mrs von steiler dropping gracefully back into her wicker armchair if i may say so i have seen quite enough impossibilities and well other things since we left the deck of the st louis to keep me quite satisfied until with your lordship's permission i set foot on solid ground again and i should also like to remind you that we have left everything behind us on the st louis everything except what we stand up in and 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 therefore it will be a point of honour with me to see that you want for nothing while you are on board of the astronef and that you shall be relieved from your durance now don't say vile lennox i mean it is perfectly plain what you mean zadie said mrs von steiler in a tone which seemed to send a chill through the deck chamber really the american girl <laughs> just wants to tell the truth laughed zadie going towards redgrave lord redgrave if you like it better says he wants to marry me and peer or peasant i want to marry him and that's all there is to it you don't suppose i'd have my dear girl there is no need to go into details interrupted mrs von steiler inspired by fond memories of her own youth we will take that for granted and as we are beyond the social region in which chaperons are supposed to be necessary i think i will have a nap and we'll go to the conning tower eh 
breakfast will be ready in about half an hour said redgrave as he took zadie by the arm and led her towards the forward end of the deck chamber meanwhile au revoir if you want anything touch the button at your right hand just as you would on board the st louis i thank your lordship said mrs von Steiler, half melting and half icy still i shall be quite content to wait until you come back really i feel quite sleepy that's the effect of the elevation on the dear old lady's nerves redgrave whispered to zadie as he helped her up the narrow stairway which led to the glass-domed conning tower in which in days to come she was destined to pass some of the most delightful and the most terrible moments of her life then why doesn't it affect me that way said zadie as she took her place in the little chamber steel-walled and glass-roofed and half filled with instruments of which she wasser girl and all as she was could only guess the use well to begin with you are younger which is an absolutely unnecessary observation and in the second place perhaps you were thinking about something else by which i suppose you mean your lordship's noble self this was said in such a tone and with such an indescribable smile that there immediately ensued a gap in the conversation and a silence which was a great deal more eloquent than any words could have made it when miss sadie had got free again she put her hands up to her hair and while she was patting it into something like shape again she said but i thought you brought me here to show me some experiments and not to not to take advantage of the first real opportunity of tasting some of the dearest delights that mortal man ever stole from earth or sea do you remember that day when we were coming down from the big glacier when your foot slipped and i just caught you and saved a sprained ankle yes you wretch and went away next day and left something like a broken heart behind you why didn't you oh what idiots you men can be when you put your mind to it it wasn't quite that sadie you see i'd promised your father the day before of course i was only a younger son then that i wouldn't say anything about realizing my ideal until i had realized his and so and so i might have gone to europe with uncle russell's millions to buy that man byfleet's coronet and pay the price don't zadie don't that is quite too horrible to think of and for the coronet well i think i can give you one about as good as his and one that doesn't want regilding good lord fancy you married to a thing like that what could have made you think of it i didn't think she said angrily i didn't think and i didn't feel of course i thought that i dropped right out of your life and after that i didn't care i was mad right through and i'd made up my mind to do what others did take a title and a big position and have the outside as bright as i could get it whatever the inside might be like i'd made up my mind to be a society queen abroad and a miserable woman at home and lennox thank god and you that i wasn't then there was another interlude and at the end of it redgrave said wait till we've finished our honeymoon in space and come back to earth you won't want any coronets then although you'll have one for all the lands of earth won't hold another woman like yourself your own sweet self of course it doesn't now but 
There you know what I mean. You'll have been to other worlds, and you'll have made the round trip of the solar system, so to say, and... And I think, dear, that is about promise of wonders enough, and of other things too. No, you are really quite too exacting. I thought you brought me here to show me some of the wonders that this marvelous ship of yours can work. Then just one more and I'll show you. Now you stand up there on that step, so that you can see all round. And watch with you all your eyes, because you are going to see something that no woman ever saw before. End of chapter 3